Our first storyteller, Dan Woodman, has been on the road to discovery for as long as he can remember. He's been a coder, a gamer, a writer, a comedian, a DJ, an MC, a karaoke-er, and an entrepreneur. And on at least one or two occasions, he has even tried bourbon. <laughs> ah. We asked all of our storytellers to give us their perspective on January by completing the sentence, January is, and Dan says, January is the month of my birth. So there you go. Let's welcome Dan Woodman. That means January, whoa, that's loud, I'm so sorry. That means January is a reason for bourbon, right? It's my birthday. So before I get started, I just want to tell you this fun little fact. Um, there are billboards all over town right now of me as a little cartoon character holding up a beaker shouting Eureka that have nothing to do with this. It's just completely coincidental, totally random, and kind of weird, right? <laughs> kind of weird? Yeah. All right. So uh, that has nothing to do with my story. But it's weird. Uh, so I was super excited. I was really, really excited when I found out that we were doing Eureka stories tonight um, because I used to work in Eureka, Illinois, and I wanted to tell the story about um, how this building I used to work in was haunted. And I don't believe in ghosts, right? I, I don't. But I'm telling you, that building was haunted. And it was creepy, and I was all ready to tell that story. And then I found out that it was Eureka moments, not Eureka moments. So... <laughs> Which I guess in and of itself is kind of a eureka moment, right? Yeah. So uh, I threw together a different story. Uh, we're, we're, we'll save that one for another time. But I'm telling you, that building's haunted. Um, so, you know, that was a little bit of an epiphany when I realized that I was completely mistaken on the topic. And I feel like those little epiphanies happen all the time, right? And I'm not talking about, um, hey, I think, the, I think the world might be round and revolve around the sun kind of epiphany, right? I don't have those. I wish I did. Um, but just the little ones that kind of make your brain freeze for a second. And you're like, wait, what? You know, like a, like a what the fact that you see on um, Facebook, right? I feel like social media has really helped us all kind of get some, um, some of these little epiphanies happening. So I, I want to tell you about bananas. Do you know that the bananas that we eat are weird? They're not real bananas. I mean, they're real bananas, but they're not bananas. If you went to a banana tree and you picked a banana it would not be what you expect it to be. Because the bananas we eat are, are seedless bananas. Real bananas are full of seeds, like full of seeds. They don't even look like bananas. We eat these weird seedless bananas that are all cloned. And I, I want, I'm practicing for the media right now. They're cloned bananas, danger! But no, I mean the plants are cloned and they're seedless bananas, so it's super weird. And I saw these bananas and I thought, wow, that is wild. And then I found out these aren't even real, original seedless bananas. This is round two of seedless bananas. The first round of seedless bananas are completely different. And banana candy is based on the flavor of the first seedless banana, which is why if you eat, I see that face, I made the same face. If you eat a banana candy and you're like, this doesn't taste like bananas at all, you know why? Because you've never had that kind of banana. <laughs> right? I mean, just a little epiphany. And again, you know, it's not, I'm not going to get imprisoned by the Catholic Church for telling you that the world revolves around the, uh, the sun, but still weird. How about chipotle peppers? Anybody in here really get into chipotle peppers? You really like them? There's no such thing. It doesn't exist. There's no such thing as a chipotle pepper. My world is a lie. 
a chipotle pepper is just a dried smoked jalapeno pepper. Like, hey, we put it in the smoker. Let's call it something new. Chipotle. Love it. Market it. Right? The end. It's crazy. So I feel like all the time we're seeing like these weird little facts like, you know, uh, and I can't help but think of uh, Deep Thoughts by Jack Handy. But really, that's what kind of these are, you know, and your brain just stops for a second. So for me, and I, don't, I know this isn't everybody, I have this really bad sense of time. Um, my friends call it Dan time, which has no correlation to real time. And I say, oh, that'll take me an hour. A Dan hour could be six weeks. Actually, the Story Slam website is going to be done in another Dan hour, which has been like three months. So um, we're, we're coming right along on that. So, uh, you know, this, this whole Dan time thing. So time is weird for me. And sometimes I, I find out a fact about things that happened, and they happened at the same time. And I, my brain can't process it. Like, I just, I just found out recently that Martin Luther King Jr. and Barbara Walters and Anne Frank were all born in the same year. How's that possible? I learned about those people in three different places. There's no way they were all born in the same year, but they were, and it just makes my brain just, you know, pause for a second. Um, I just found out as well that high school students this year are, are learning about 9-11 as a historical event because they weren't there. And I'm like, wait, what year is it? How old am I? When did this happen? In my head, I'm still 25, but in reality, apparently I'm not. I don't know. I don't know when it happened, but it's weird. So I have these little epiphanies all the time. And I know tonight is supposed to be about big eureka moments. And I feel like based on what I've seen of the, um, the other storytellers' teasers, that some of them are going to tell really big, uh, powerful stories. I'm not. <laughs> I mean, you're getting weird bananas and chipotle peppers. Um, but I do want to talk about my mom. And my mom is amazing. So when I was seven years old, my parents got divorced. And I'm, I'm 47, so it was four decades ago. And I'm not saying it never happened, but it certainly wasn't as prevalent as it is now. And it was kind of weird, right? Um, so my mom was a stay-at-home mom. And my mom was the queen of stay-at-home moms. Like if Pinterest and Instagram would have been around when I was a kid, my mom would have been like Martha Stewart, right? She was an influencer level uh, homemaker. So she brought these um, Sesame Street cookies into my first grade class once. And you remember you used to buy like cookie cutter, I mean, you still do, I don't, but I'm sure people in here, you, you buy baking accessories. And <laughs> I mean, I, I eat Taco Bell. I, I, I bake a burrito in the microwave every now and then. But you buy that stuff and they have a picture on the box that shows you what the end product could look like. Now you know darn good and well that you're going to go home and take that cookie cutter and you're going to cut out some cookie dough and you're going to smear frosting across the top of it and it's not going to look anything like what it's supposed to look like, but it's going to taste the same. But hers actually looked, I mean, they looked like the picture on the box. It was crazy. My teacher was over the moon. She brought those in and she's like, Ugh, you do this outside, right, for a living? My mom didn't, but anyway, my parents got divorced. Suddenly my mom has to find uh, a job because she has two little kids to take care of. She has no career. She has no savings, really, to speak of. She has a child support payment that barely pays for the food on the table, let alone all the other stuff that she needs to take care of us. So she goes into the working world. And uh, you know, we didn't have a lot when, when I was growing up. We, we were pretty poor. Um, but the one thing that my mom did, I mean, certainly, she always made sure our clothes were clean, and she always made sure the house was clean, and she always took really good care of us. Um, but she also instilled in my sister and I a love of reading. And uh, reading was a great escape, right? And she always made sure we had books. I don't know how she did it. I could barely take care of myself as an adult. She took care of herself and two kids. Uh, the woman was amazing. 
I, she still is, but she was then too. Um, and I, I, I don't know how she did it, but she always made sure we had books. So I would read these books and I, I always wanted to grow up and be a, a knight in King Arthur's court or a you know starship captain. And as a kid, she told me I could be anything I wanted to be and I believed her because she was my mom and I believed everything she told me. And then I found out that my mom lied to me sometimes. And I'm sure, right, the parents in this room, you probably lie to your kids about stuff too. And we're not gonna get into the big ones because I know there's some kids in the room, but um, let's talk about some of the little lies. My face never stuck like this, right? Never, not once. If I cross my eyes, never stuck, not once. I never went blind from sitting too close to the TV or for that matter, anything else that she said would make me go blind. <laughs> and a troll never came into my room and ate my legs because I didn't eat my broccoli, right? None of this stuff happened. And I realized, man, my parents lied. They lied to me. And it kind of wrecks you as a kid when you realize, you know, I mean, sure, the big epiphany as a kid is you find out that your parents are just people and they don't have a manual and, uh, you know, they're just winging it the same as everybody else is. Um, but when I found out that my mom lied to me about that, I thought, man, if she lied to me about that, she probably lied to me about lots of stuff and maybe I can't grow up to be anything I want. And I'm not saying that because of that, I had a bad life because I didn't, right? I've had a great life but I always kind of just went with the flow. So I got in with a group of friends and I just sort of went with the flow and they were never bad friends, right? It's not like I um, you know, was out vandalizing cars or anything most of the time, um, but I just sort of went with the flow and I got into a job and I was like, oh, well, this is where I'm gonna retire. I'm just gonna stay in this job forever and I'm gonna work my way up. And then I would leave and I would get a new job and I'd be like, oh, all right, well, now I'm gonna work my way up in this job. And seven years ago, for whatever reason, I just had this epiphany, this actual big eureka moment that we're all just winging it. And I was thinking about my mom, right? Not having a manual, I don't have a manual. That manual, if it's coming in the mail, it, it, it's lost, right? There is no tracking number for that manual. So I decided to get up out of the river that I was just sort of flowing in and get up on the bank. And I looked at the rapids down the way and I'm like, not today, rapids, I'm going this way and I'm gonna make my own path. And I actually started my own business. I had no idea what I was doing, but I just decided, you know what? I can do this. I can, I can step out of the river. I can walk up on this bank and I can go anywhere I wanna go. And I guess the message that I wanna share with you tonight, because you all don't know my mom and you didn't have my mom telling you that you could do anything you wanna do, is that my mom believes in all of you. And she says you can do anything you wanna do, <laughs> anything. So tomorrow, right, you don't even have to wait till tomorrow, you can do it tonight, but at least wait until the other storytellers are done. But you can be anybody you wanna be, right? So tomorrow when you get up and you say, you know what, I got all this stuff that I gotta do and I'm in this rut, just step up on the bank and do whatever you want because my mom believes in you and frankly, so do I. Thank you. Thank you so much, Dan. That was great. Okay, John, do you have an aha uh -huh oh, moment? Oh, you, you, I, I have to do this now. Well, you don't have to. Okay, no, I'll, I'll do it. Okay, I'll all, do right, it. all right, I, all right. I, have a, I have a real brief one. Okay. So, um, uh, when I was in high school, the thing that I was, this won't surprise some people in this room, the thing that I was known for, the thing that I did as my big extracurricular activity was debate, right? So, I was a, a four-year high school debater and, and uh, got pretty good at it. And so, uh, this is the end of my senior year, right? We're at the state debate tournament. Uh, my partner and I are in the quarterfinals. So this is like the elimination rounds, win or you're out, right? 
And so um, it's about halfway through, and we're losing. We're losing pretty bad. And I remember I'm sitting there, and I'm getting ready for my rebuttal speech. And I'm like, there's something wrong. There's something wrong with the other team's argument. I just know it. I just feel it, right? When you've sort of done something enough times, you can sort of like feel what it is. And I'm like, there's something, there's something here. I, I just know it. And Eureka. Like that there was like a flaw in their entire argument. Like at the very core of their case, there was this huge, massive contradiction. And I'm like, all I have to do is point it out, and this round is over, and we're winning. And it was beautiful. It was the most beautiful eureka moment I ever had. And there was only one problem with it. And it was that it came to me two weeks later. <laughs> after we had lost that round and been eliminated from the tournament. And I was back home in my backyard cutting the grass. But I will tell you this. I will tell you this, that I delivered an absolutely brilliant rebuttal speech to that lawnmower on that day. <laughs> <laughs>